Welcome to the Center for the Performing Arts at Penn State. I'm Communications Director Laura Sullivan, and you're in tune with Previews. Pennsylvania native Julia Wolfe is known for her muscular new music compositions, but Steel Hammer, her latest work, incorporates the mellow sounds of traditional Appalachian folk instruments. Steel Hammer features New York City's Bang on a Can All-Stars, Equal Parts Rock Band and Chamber Group, and trio medieval soprano singers from Norway, recounting the legendary tale of working man John Henry. Previews editor John Mark Raffis speaks with Wolf about her inspiration for Steel Hammer and her affection for Appalachian folk music. Wolf also gives listeners an understanding of what they'll hear in the evening-length Steel Hammer. The uh, piece is going to be performed by Bang on a Can All-Stars and, and Trio Medieval. I was hoping you could tell me a little bit about what people are going to hear that night when they perform Steel Hammer. In a way, it's a new kind of ballad. That's how I've been thinking of it, of an art ballad. And it's based on the John Henry legend. There are lots of versions of John Henry. I think there are like 200 or more versions of it. And they're all conflicting. They all have different facts. And he's from New Jersey. He's from Kentucky. He's just he's from a lot of places, this guy. So anyway, I what I wound up doing was I found this really fascinating. Is did a lot of research on, on the the whole kind of history, the story of the story, um, wound up uh, creating a text that takes them all into consideration. I don't know if I have everyone in con- into consideration, but so I start to play with this idea. He's from West Virginia, he's from Kentucky. This part of the text is I go over all the different states he's from, um, as well as what he's like. He's tall, he's small, he's true, he's false, he's many, many, many things. And so I, I kind of juxtapose the different facts in, in in the different sections. Aside from being inspired by the legend, it's inspired by the by the performers, the Bang and the Can also is a sort of rocking, amplified group. Um but in this case I'm actually accessing a little bit of a different side of them because we're um using a lot of folk instruments, which is part of my musical history. So we're using banjo, mountain dulcimer and bones and alongside with electric guitar and drum set and things that the authors are probably usually known for. Um, as well as the, you know, very classical instruments like cello and double bass and, um, and, uh, clarinet. So it's a little bit of a mix. And then, um, uh, you know, the, the singers who really, really deliver the story are Trio Medieval, and they are mostly known for early music. They have these really beautiful, pure early music voices. But in recent history, they've been singing a lot of Norwegian folk music. They're from Oslo. They're from, um, Norway. So, they have a rich tradition of folk music there, and they've been spending a lot of time performing that recently. So I thought, okay, this, they have the sensibility. It's, it's not American, it's Norwegian, but, but their voices are so special that um, I brought them in for the project. So that's the sound world. It's got a very clear, um, pure voices, and then, um, and then a lot of uh, a mix of ampl- amplified and folk instruments side by side. How does a city girl get interested in the story of John Henry and Appalachian music? Well, um, it's funny. When people meet me, they always say, you don't seem like you're from New York City, which I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> I guess I'm taking it as a compliment, whether that's like, I love New York City, um, you know, for the creative energy and right. just all the activity going on here. But, um, but I'm from a small town. I'm from a small town in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's called Montgomeryville. Actually, okay. it's on the border of Montgomeryville and Lansdale, Pennsylvania. I've, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah and it's um, it's a little over about an hour north of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. 
played some guitar when I was growing up, but mostly I think the folk influence comes from my college years because I lived in Ann Arbor, Michigan for about eight years and went to school there and then stayed and worked there at a theater company there. And um, it's a very big folk town. They got one of the most famous folk coffee houses in the country called The Ark. Mm -hmm. And I did some performances there and I started to play Mountain Dulcimer sort of alongside of studying new music. Not the most, you know, common pairing, but um, but it's a very interesting town, a very open town, and so I I I'd say that the roots of of my connection to folk music really uh, were formed there. So I, one of the instruments I'm using is, are the wooden bones, and the most famous bone player that I know of is from there. I think he's not living anymore, but um, he was there all the years I was there. It's like Percy Danforth. He actually makes, he was a maker of bones. They have the, the Percy Danforth bones. When you go online and look for, you know, which bones to buy, his are one of the kind of classic bones. So, um, yeah, so a lot of roots um, really coming from, from that location, I think, in, in terms of tapping into the folk music. So how long ago did you specifically happen upon the idea of, of working on this piece about John Henry? Well, it's been a, kind of an evolution. I I wanted to write um, it's the first um, solo full length piece that I've done. I've done some large scale collaborative works with people in other disciplines and and it was like colleagues at Bang in the Can. But doing an, an entire story or evening myself is the first one, and so I was thinking, well, what is something I haven't really done yet and, and focus on that is meaningful to me. So I started to look for things that were connected. I had, I had the sound in mind first before the story. I just thought, I need this sound. I need to hear the, the dulcimers and this sort of folk performance practice. Um, and a, a lot of my pieces make folk, have folk references in them. A lot of the titles are taken from from folk pieces. Like I have a, a string orchestra piece called Cruel Sister, which is an old English ballad, and, and I've got a string, string quartet called Four Marys, which is one of those dark Scottish ballads. There's always, I just underline everything, there's been this connection, um, but not as direct. So it, I think it's over time I've gotten closer and closer to some of these um, sounds and the sensibilities that I love, and um, it began with the sounds, and then I went searching for a story, and I kept coming back to this one. This is sort of quintessentially American, which I think is fun to just... Um, you know, I've been. I, I love the Scottish and and Celtic and and and, and British ones. And I will certainly go back and dig into this again. But I thought, well, let's, let's look American this time. You know, on, on home base and um, came back to this one. This one was so interesting because there's so many versions, and I, I liked the political ramifications. Everyone's John Henry belongs to everyone. He belongs to the socialists and the you know the mountain people and whoever thinks he's their person. Um, he just somehow speaks to them, and it's very it's very sectional. I kind of cover different parts of the ballad from where he's from to um, what he's like. I kind of say little names, like one is called um, Some Say, and one is called The States, one is called Characteristics, one is called Pollyann, because he had a wife, but we don't know if she was Pollyann, Marianne, Lucianne, Liza Ann, Sally Ann. So I use all the names, and there's... um. The race, which is sort of the, it's pretty much the, the one unchangeable thing in most most of the versions that he does race the steam engine and wins, but then it wipes him out. He dies from that, and um, and then I end with a, a sort of prayer in a way. It's called Lord, Lord, because almost every version has Lord, Lord somewhere in it. You know, so somewhere someone's calling out Lord, Lord. So I thought, well, let's make a whole section, Lord, Lord. <laughs> 
And that's almost all they say in that section of the Lord. A little bit about the hammer still ringing, the hammer sort of still ringing and shining, and so it's a sort of, um, you know, more spacious, thoughtful part of the piece of the, the final section. Now, will tri- Trio Medieval be singing most of the time, or will there be extended sections of, of just instrumental music? You know, I didn't know till till I got to the end, but it's a lot of singing. I'm basically I'm telling the story, so they're singing almost all the time. I mean, there are some sections that are more spare. There's one section called Mountain that's um, all, like an instrumental section, but eventually they come in and they just sing Mountain. Does that word Mountain or the Mountain was so tall? John Henry was so small. Um, I guess in comparison to the Mountain, so. I wanted to give this expansive feeling, so it, it does have this rolling um, uh, instrumental aspect to it, with a, just a little bit of vocals. But some are they're pretty; it's pretty vocal heavy. They're telling the story. So now, some people might uh, might hear new music and then hear that you're grafting a, a very traditional story onto new music, although albeit with the addition of traditional instruments, and they might think that sounds kind of. Um, irreconcilable. Does it? Is there a bit of a tension between the traditional aspects and the more contemporary music that you usually um, compose? Well, it definitely has affected the, the nature of the project. Has definitely affected the way I'm writing, um, and, and even the way I'm working with the musicians, which is really interesting because we're, we're doing a lot of. It's almost like we've been having a kind of ongoing workshop, especially particularly with the instrumentalists, um, the singers. I've, I've done a little bit of workshopping with, but um, they're in Norway, so we don't do it on a regular basis. But the, the players are here, and, I, and they're my guys, guys I work with all the time. So, so it's affected how I, I work with sound. And I'm working with the banjo. I'm relying on their expertise and saying, okay, what is a banjo pattern? What are the traditional banjo patterns? So you, you hear a lot of threads going through it that are very strongly connected to folk music. But I, you know, it, it doesn't. I'm sure anyone who's a true folky would not think it was folk music. <laughs> but it's much. It's probably much closer to it than anything I've written. So I don't know if the, like, let's say someone who didn't know about the idea of contemporary music, they might not call it that, or they might, it, it, it has definitely some very familiar aspects to it. It's, um, tuneful and it's rhythmic. Mm-hmm. It's very clear in a certain sense. Of, um, I think in some pieces I've written, I've sort of distilled things that I really like, and that's a kind of, um, even a greater simplicity um, still has sort of driving rhythms and maniacal moments that I tend to have, but it's I think it's simpler and clearer in some ways. So the connection is probably harder to tie to what people might think of as contemporary music. Tickets are on sale for Bang on a Can All Stars and Trio Medieval performing Julia Wolf's Still Hammer, November nineteenth, two thousand nine, at Eisenhower Auditorium. Order online at www cpa.psu.edu or by phone at 1-800-ARTS-TIX. For the Center for the Performing Arts, I'm Laura Sullivan.